Capital One Business has partnered with my podcast on this episode to encourage a conversation about the experiences of female entrepreneurs. In working with Capital One, I've personally seen how passionate and dedicated the company is to supporting and celebrating women-owned businesses. Hey everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is the incredible Danielle Cerency Jones, the founder and CEO of Power Hands. Danielle Cerency Jones is a proclaimed vision chaser, which I'm excited to get into, business strategist and philanthropist with two decades of executive leadership and sales and marketing experience. As a CEO and business strategist, Danielle has the unique ability to create and articulate a clear vision while crafting the next steps to best in class execution plans. Welcome to the podcast, and I'm so glad you're here with me. Well, I am so glad to join you, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. So first and foremost, I thought you could tell it better than I ever could in an intro. What is Power Hands? Oh, absolutely. And it is it is my pleasure, right? Uh, you know, this is something that I eat, sleep, and drink all day, so I appreciate that. Um, you know, Power Hands is a global athletic training and rehabilitation product tech company. So we basically design innovation that helps improve overall performance for the kid that's trying to make the team who's playing multiple sports to the professional athlete, all the way to the fitness enthusiast, the mom who's recovering from, you know, having her baby. So getting back in shape and exercising all the way to, you know, someone who is doing boxing or CrossFit um, or, you know, some really hardcore uh, fitness training, um, as well as, you know, we create innovation that plays a role in the recovery process if you have an upper extremity injury. We have designed this innovation for the last almost seven years and have just been humbled by the fact that, you know, we've been able to uh, uh, scale in over 87 countries. Um, We have some of the most renowned athletes and fitness enthusiasts and celebrities that uh, use our products, but really the ability to serve and to have a kid who said, hey, you've helped me compete better, improve my overall performance and gain a competitive edge is why we do what we do every single day. I love that. So what gave you this idea and how did you get started? Like a lot of entrepreneurs, right? We we have a, there's a decision that needs to be made. Either we wake up one morning and we're like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, right? I've been trained to be an entrepreneur my entire life. I don't want to go work with anyone or for anyone. Well, that wasn't the case with me, right? I thought my journey was I was going to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 medical device company. Um, I had you know, a little bit of sports background um, coming from Jacksonville, Florida, you know, everything from track to, to ballet, right? Um, I was the ultimate competitor. Um, and then I'm a little bit of a nerd. So from an academic standpoint, um, I have an MBA and a Wharton marketing uh, leadership uh, degree, but I spent t- almost two decades in the medical device arena, uh, gaining experience and taking stretch roles in sales, marketing operations, integrated marketing communications, product development inside the U.S. and outside the U.S. And what I realized, while I did not jump 
to be an entrepreneur, I realized that it was time for me to push past my fears and to do my own thing. I had to be developing a lot of these skills that I have and these talents that I have along the way that when I was in corporate America, you know, Rebecca, I was told that you're too innovative, right? Um, why fix something that isn't broken? Or Danielle, because I, I grew up in a, uh, a time where it was very male dominated in my field. Um, there was a, a lot of times my idea, even if I had an idea, if it was said by me and then said what by someone else who was a male, it sounded greater coming out of their, their mouths. So now I realized that through all of that experience, through all of the times when I was crying, like, why in the world, right, aren't my ideas being embraced? Why can't I go from this table to the next? It was time for me to build my own. And Power Hands came when, after I got married in 2013, um, my co-founder, Darnell Jones, uh, who uh, has a kinesiology background, played professional uh, sports, came and uh, talked about one of our first patented products, which is an anti-grip weighted basketball glove. And we took that one product in the basketball market, realized that there was a gap for overall skill development innovation. And we then scaled that one patent now into four different patents, five patent pending products and 12 products in our collection that again, we have been able to scale into five different sports. So I would love to hear about that moment where you said, all right, I'm not necessarily satisfied in corporate America. I'm going to go off and be that entrepreneur. Talk me through the emotions you felt there and what gave you the courage to do that at that time in your life. Oh, the very top emotion was, you know, I, I was I was very nervous about is the grass greener on the other side, right? What am I doing? Should I stay in a situation where, you know, I know the industry, I'm very comfortable, very comfortable with my salary. I was doing very well as an executive within a Fortune 500 company, one of the only African-American women top directors in that industry. And, you know, now I'm going over to another industry where I'm going to have to fight my way as a woman in sports in fitness in, and you know what? I didn't come from playing in the WNBA, right? Or I wasn't a, an Olympic uh, track athlete. So I was, I was very nervous. And what I realized is Danielle, the same brilliance that you have developed in medical device, it has nothing to do with the industry. It's the same brilliance and the core competencies that are transferable in anything that you do. You can take an, uh, a simple thought and turn that into the most world-class marketing strategy for any single sport or uh, industry that you're involved in. And not only can you do that for someone else's company, you're going to have a lot more passion about building your own and truly establishing wealth. So that fear was then broken down into triumph. Like this is your one time to do something really, really great and to teach your kids um, beyond yourself that you can have your own innovation, you can have patents, you can build your own company outside of just working within someone else's environment and a blueprint that they have given you. What were some of the biggest shocks once you took that leap and that risk? You might've thought to yourself, maybe you didn't at all, like, uh-oh. Was this a mistake? 
<laughs> what were some of those oh. early moments? Yeah. And, and it's interesting that you say that, um, you know, early moments continue <laughs> throughout being an entrepreneur. And I tell uh, many entrepreneurs that exact same thing, because you think, you know, after you get past the five-year hump, right, it gets easier. No, because your, your dreams, your strategies, and your ability to serve gets larger and you have to continue to scale, um, sustain along the way. So for me, you know, I still have that same gut of, oh my gosh, I'm my biggest competition with overcoming the fear of dreaming bigger than where I am today. And I'm also my biggest cheerleader because being an entrepreneur is very lonely, right? You have these wild and odd audacious ideas and things that you want to do in the world. And if you really sat down and you talk to the family about what you want to do, my parents, right? I, I still think they think I'm crazy uh, for leaving a very comfortable position uh, in, in corporate America. I'll never forget the first time I told them, right? To becoming an entrepreneur and building my own. So the again, the, you, you have to be your biggest cheerleader and also realize that your biggest competition is yourself. The other, the other thing is, uh, you know, the aha moment is definitely uh, dreaming beyond the original vision. I had no clue when we put our business plan together, when we did our uh, performa, that we were going to be a global company. It wasn't until we started looking at our analytics to really understand that we were serving in Australia, we were serving, you know, in uh, multiple parts of Europe, in Africa, in the Philippines, and that sports and fitness is an international language. So really not being afraid to dream and reach beyond our borders is another thing that I wish I had realized very early on. And the last I will say is I could sit and create in my pajamas all day long and just be a really a geek about designing and, and learning different things. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to be a subject matter expert. That doesn't mean you have to be a subject matter expert in everything, but you really, if you're going to convince someone else to be a part of your dream and that you're going to really um, fulfill a gap, then you need to make sure that you're really understanding the people that you serve and how you can really help them and their lives get better. So that that piece I knew early on, but um, at six, almost seven years into this, I'm really, really diving into the mission of what we do every day, then focusing on the profitability of the revenue. I love how you keep saying serve. You know, most most entrepreneurs and even myself will say, I sell. Yeah. Talk me through the mindset of, you know, your idea that you are serving someone. And thank you for recognizing that. That word and nomenclature is the culture of what we do. From our customer service department to the conversations that I have with partners, um, I don't want you as a partner if you don't understand that my mission is deeper than selling a thing. My mission is about serving a community and bridging a gap within that community. When we think about health and wellness, right, um, I'm not creating innovation and products and technology 
for you to use in your household and in the gym, etc. For the point of you just purchasing our products, I am trying to improve the health and wellness of our community and uh, for our entire country to decrease the disparities that are existing. When I put together She Is Why, um, and I think about you know the inequalities that exist for women in sports, I'm not only getting them involved in our innovation, but I'm also really trying to knock down the barriers of why they don't have strategic partnerships, why they don't really understand you know that philanthropy is a bridge to helping them get to uh, you know the next level, etc. So everything that we do, I, I've focused from day one, and it's really something that is embedded in my soul. It comes from I am going to do something in life that is always greater than me. My purpose for life is not about me. My true purpose is how can I make someone else's life easier? And I know that my creator is going to help take care of me and sustain me along the way to be able to fulfill that mission. I'm so glad you touch on the fact about doing something that's just beyond you, because I feel like people can get so focused and narrow on their own immediate life so self-absorbed with it that they forget that there is so much to be gained from serving others, from helping others, from helping out people that are less privileged. And so it's, it's so nice to hear another founder talk about that because, you know, anytime I might be bemoaning my situation, you know, someone that loves me just casually reminds me, you know, how much other people are suffering and could I do anything to help them? Isn't that something, Rebecca? I mean, when I think about my vitamin in the morning, it's really waking up feeling so grateful that I woke up, that I had a bed to sleep in, thinking about all those little things that we take for granted that fill my heart with such gratitude that I pray it doesn't allow space of selfishness, right, to enter into my heart. And so you know, as an entrepreneur, it's very hard because you hear so many no's. I mean, out of the 100 opportunities that you have, you know, probably mm, maybe 95% of those, if not 99, will be a no. And so you have to figure out how to sustain yourself through that in order to get to that yes, that will truly change the trajectory. And the only way that I know how to do that is to be so mission driven and so connected to the vision of why I started this in order to, to, to sustain me through those moments. I think you, you bring up a great point about having the passion and the love for what you do sustaining you because those lows that we experience can be so low that unless you have that passion there, you might throw in the towel. Oh boy. So many times. And, and that's the transparency. And that's what, you know, I love, right. About what uh, you do every single day and your team does with every interaction that I have. It's very transparent. We, we need to help each other understand that that feeling is a commonplace and that feeling doesn't go away with uh, money. That feeling doesn't go away with accolades. That feeling doesn't go away with certifications. That feeling is there because uh, there's always going to be on something on the other side of the why, right? So your why and why not? Why can't I quit and why won't it work? <laughs> so you've, you've got to make sure 
that when you're you're thinking through that process that we're 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 always eliminating the voice that is in our head that says it won't work i cannot because we were created to be great and as long as we couple things one keep people around us that are breathing life and oxygen um, into that message is is absolutely huge that we are connected to our vision and our purpose and we're doing the work right that doesn't mean that we can just say, oh, I'm connected to my vision and purpose and I don't have to understand my PL or I don't have to, I have a new strategy and I'm going to skip the work on doing a business plan or go to market plan. I'm just going to go. No, you have to have order and purpose in your life to make sure that, uh, again, we're, we're serving and going on the right trajectory. So what have you learned through the business, through yourself in this journey that you didn't expect? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a really great question. <laughs> I think what I've learned is, you know, I, when I was in corporate America, I started to doubt my creativity. I started to doubt my ability to be a business strategist because um, while I did receive lots of accolades, so don't get me wrong. I mean, I was the first woman president of our diversity, equity, inclusion group for all of our sales team, again, for this multi-billion dollar organization. There were many accolades, but in the same token, I didn't really understand my worth. I didn't believe in my brilliance like I do today. And when you are, you know, put in a home, for instance, and it's on fire, either you're going to burn or you're going to figure out how to save yourself. And as an entrepreneur, you better figure out how to save yourself or you're going to absolutely burn. And so now I understand my strength. I am building businesses and I love building businesses, but it is dependent upon how healthy my mindset is around if I can do this, if I can sustain, if I can bring the right brilliance and people and human capital on board to help me do this, if I can help get others to buy in to what my innovation is all about, that it will help alleviate their issues and their pain points. But it starts with me. So that's the one one area that I, I is a true aha moment that I, I really understand my strength. And again, it's not about me. My strength doesn't come from me. It was a certainly a gift gifts that I've been given and I understand how to channel those in a servant leadership way than I never did before when I was in corporate America. I think there's a level of strength. I mean, I, I guess I'm biased that you only know as an entrepreneur when you are faced with holding the bag yourself or you're faced with, you know, as what happened to us, I guess it's a year ago, a year ago with our business shearing off a cliff and having to rebuild our entire company and I think that strength is what's beautiful about it. And, and what you just explained is your story is sometimes you learn it through these deep, incredible failures. But then once you know you have that, it's almost like, all right, something might fail, but you never know, you know that you'll never be taken down. And here's what I love. This is another aha moment. I have learned that my pain has manifested my passion. I never really connected the two, right? 
when I think about the things that I'm really, really passionate about, like one, I'm very passionate about business and building business. Well, when I think about my journey in corporate America for 20 years, I was building under someone else's umbrella following their rules, right? And so now I can create my own culture. I can create my own innovation. And I really understand that I love building business. I'm very passionate about women. Um, I'm passionate, you know, my my TED Talk, uh, The Black Elephant in the Room that I gave January of 2020. My gosh, I had no clue that that TED Talk was going to manifest itself throughout the rest of 2020 when, you know, I was focusing on how do we make sure that we knock down the inequalities for women, for, uh, you know, entrepreneurs that don't come from uh, privilege or pedigree um, and small businesses. And I'm passionate about all of those things based on my own journey. And I want to make sure, you know, that piece I want people to embrace when we are in the fire and we're experiencing pain to take some deep breaths, live through it, journal about it, because that's going to give us the most intense passion and strategies to help others live through it and for us to get to the next level in whatever we're doing. You did a whole TED Talk about the black elephant in the room. Can we dive into that a little bit? I'd love to. And and Rebecca, I'll tell you, I sit back sometimes and I smile and I smile at not myself, but I'm, I'm really smiling at our creator and how clairvoyant he is, right? I, I'll, I'll never forget when I was asked to do it, I was really struggling on what my message was going to be because I was being coached to really talk about power hands, right? This is your opportunity to talk about power hands, to spread your platform, to talk about power to give. And I just was not feeling it. I said, that is, that is not, there's something so much greater than me talking about what I do, right? That's not me being a servant leader. And when I had that moment where I was really jotting down my thoughts, my thoughts were around, Danielle, you were made for this moment from the time my mother took me to kindergarten with her. And I spent K through five with her when she was the first African-American woman to move into a school that was after the uh, board versus Brown uh, of education. And so she was an African-American teacher with an all white classroom and she loved it and everyone loved her. And and I would say it was multicultural because we come from a, a base community as well with the military. And I learned to embrace everyone for who they are. I learned to address certain questions on, well, why do other people look like this? And you look like this? And why do you speak this way? And your thoughts are this way, right? And then Growing up, I, you know, I was always the person if the, it was a new student that was sitting at a table, I wanted to go and ask them to come join our table, or I would pull up and uh, pull up at their table and ask them questions about where they came from. I am the person that loves the young sung hero. I love representing the underrepresented. And the black elephant was a way to help people understand that we need to unpack our own fears and figure out a way 
to unite our community by really setting aside our conversation about gender, our conversation about race, our conversation about religion and politics, and really have that courageous conversation that says, why am I afraid to get to know you? Why am I afraid to have a conversation with you about how you feel about a certain situation? Why am I afraid to address this black elephant? And I use it as a way of saying, don't judge me by the fact that I have called my elephant a black elephant and think that I'm calling my black uh, elephant a black elephant because I'm a black woman. I'm just simply choosing to call my elephant a black elephant because I do love black and the fact that I am a black woman, but it's okay to do that. Let's have those courageous conversations because it's okay to unpack that. And um, addressing the women, addressing uh, the fact that there need to be more women, of course, that are having uh, that are CEOs, more women that are on paid boards, um, more women, of course, from a, a small business perspective, how we pour into them and give them resources and the small businesses. How do large businesses lean in with small businesses, share the blueprint and help our overall economy rise? That was the premise of my message. And to see that message evolve into 2020 beyond where I have large Fortune 500 businesses leaning into Power Hands and our foundation to say, how can I help you? Where we see more women, of course, getting an opportunity to rise and shine and show the brilliance. And then when we see stats that show that when a company is diverse, they outperform. I think you touched on the foundation. And before we wrap, I would love for you to just touch on the work you've been doing. Again, people can feel like I don't have enough money for my own self. How am I supposed to give to something else? But you've made it truly part of your mission and almost built that into the company. So would love for you to touch on that. Thank you, Rebecca. We have um, day one, we sat uh, with our uh, friends and family investors and we said, you know, uh, not only will Power Hands, of course, prove to be a profitable company, but we're also going to do good in the community through our Power to Give Foundation. And at that time, we could make it a 501c3 because we were uh, pouring mon money into our for-profit side, which was Power Hands. Um, but that did not stop us from the day one when we launched having 80 kids from the Boys and Girls Club there. We hosted a clinic for them working with professional athletes where we were teaching them skill development. They were um, asking courageous questions, taking pictures with those athletes. And from that moment, to see the smiles on their face, we got Greyhound to support us in transporting them there. We then made that a part of our mission. And so we have just done incredible things from you know working with Nancy Lieberman Charities and building uh, courts, working with NBA Cares, with the NFLPA, um, serving during COVID when you've got a mother that said, I'm on the front lines every day and my child is at home. I would love for them to have your innovation to work out at home, but I haven't I don't have the money for it. And so being able to give and serve individually um, has been huge. So uh, our, our Power to Give Foundation is the core of who we are, and we will never choose between making profits and doing good in the community. 
How do you celebrate your success? I, I laughed, Rebecca, um, when I, I, I knew you were going to ask me this question uh, because I, I don't think I celebrate my success well. And I, I think it's so awesome when you can really just sit back and talk about the things that you don't do well. And I don't. I, I'm more focused on uh, the to-do than celebrating the success. And so I, I truly think that I miss a moment um, and I miss a moment with the team um, from a cultural standpoint because my mind is so focused on the huge, huge, huge prize that celebrating the milestones along the way, which sounds like an oxymoron when I just told you how grateful I am when I wake up in the morning. But when it comes to business, and celebrating those milestones, I don't do a good job of that. And so thinking about that question, right, I want to make sure that, you know, I don't categorize the success as a to-do and I do a better job with really celebrating it along the way because I think, one, it's going to allow the universe to trust me better, that I'm appreciative of the milestone. And then two, it's going to, from a cultural standpoint, it's going to allow the team to help them understand that I do trust them and that I celebrate them along the way as we're getting to that very, very huge prize and accomplishment. Incredible. You have such an incredible, huge heart. And I'm sure that all of these kids are benefiting so much from what you're doing. So I'm giving you a thank you, even though I'm not that kid. Oh, thank you. Before we wrap, I like to ask this of all my guests. What is one thing we'd be surprised to know about you? It could be a weird habit, a quirk, something humorous. And then my second question would be, what is a piece of advice that you'd like to relay to the women listening that you've either learned the hard way or that someone gave you that's proven invaluable? Oh, two great questions. So, um, something that uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll give something that's funny because it's the first that comes to mind. I love to sing. I can't sing, and so um, one of the enjoyable moments that I have uh, with my husband or with I'm in a car by myself, I call it car club. And so I am literally like singing to the top of my lungs. And 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 a lot of the times I'll I don't get a chance to listen to music. And so my 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 husband is a lyricist, um, and so we'll like listen to certain music that I think is like edgy or cool, like urban or rap or something like that. And we're literally having car club in the car and just completely being mindless and having such an, an amazing time that is so different than what I do every single day because I don't go to the clubs anymore. <laughs> so we have we have this amazing car club and it is it is such a mental health moment. That's why I'm mentioning that to people. I, I encourage you to do something that is so goofy, that is so outside of your norm and just uh, chill. And, and relax and have fun. So that's something that maybe people don't know about me. And what advice would I give to women that has been the the best advice that I've heard? Uh, wow, there's been there's been so much advice, but I I would say uh, the best advice is know thyself and be true to thyself and push forward with your brilliance according to thine self. Right really dig in to know who you are, embrace who you are, 
live your truth, understand that people want to see the authentic you and not a replica of who you are and do not try to conform to what anyone else wants you to be because that is your superpower. That is your cape, your heart is your passion and your boots that you have on will ground you in everything that you do. So that that's truly the superwoman spirit behind, I think, everything that we do. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget to head over to RebeccaMinkoff.com. Show your love and support for the brand. Buy something for yourself. Buy something for another. And also don't forget to try my new fragrance. Again, it is available at all Nordstrom, Macy's, Scentbirds, and Birch Boxes, as well as our site. Hello, hello. I am so excited. If you have gotten a copy of Fearless, or if you've enjoyed a little bit of the snippets of audio I've given you for the book that comes out on June 15th, I want to invite you to a live event June 15th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I have some incredible guest speakers. Bozema St. John, who you've heard on my podcast, Jessica Alba, Amanda Klutz. These women are incredibly inspiring, resilient, and courageous. So if you've purchased a book, or if you want to purchase a book, head over to wherever you buy books, Amazon, readfearless.com. Send me the receipt to fearless at rebeccamakeoff.com and I will send you an invitation to this event. I hope to see you there.